You're listening to the B&H Photography Podcast. For over 40 years, B&H has been the professional source for photography, video, audio, and more. For your favorite gear, news, and reviews, visit us at bnh.com or download the BH app to your iPhone or Android device. Now here's your host, Alan Whites. Greetings and welcome to the BH Photography Podcast. Joining us today in our podcast studio are the Senior League NBA photographers, two of them, Andrew Bernstein and Nat Butler. Andrew Bernstein is the NBA's longest tenured photographer, not to mention the official photographer for the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Kings. He's a director of photography for the Staples Center and Nokia Live and has held the position of Senior Director of NBA Photos, an organization he helped to create. Andrew's a founding partner of Legends of Sport, a frequent guest on ESPN's Sports Center and The Jump, and he created and co-produced Through the Lens, a popular show on Spectrum Cable Sportsnet. In his spare time, he's published a few books, including Journey to the Ring, which documented the 2009-2010 Lakers championship season. His most recent book is The Mamba Mentality, which was written by a fellow named Kobe Bryant. This year, Andy was inducted into the NBA Hall of Fame. Nothing small beans about that. Nat Butler is the senior official photographer at NBA Entertainment. He shot every NBA Finals and All-Star game since 1986. Based in the New York, New Jersey area, Nat spends most of the season shooting the Eastern Conference. Welcome to our show. Thank Thanks you, guys. Okay. Yeah. Nat, you're a, fir- you're a newbie here, okay? Yes. And, and, and you, you are a, a return guest. You're a veteran here. <laughs> we have to get a T-shirt for you or something. Uh, before we talk about the book, <laughs> let, let me ask about, you have a podcast now? Yes. Okay. Yes. Tell us about it a little bit. Well, I have a podcast called uh, Legends of Sport, uh-huh. where... Uh, it's it's you know it's a whole change of life for me where right. I'm sitting on the other side right. talking to um, an iconic figure in sports, be it a, a iconic um, retired athlete, somebody who's been influential in, in any sport. It, it's been a great experience for me. We just finished our first season, um, did thirty podcasts, which mm-hmm. was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how I shoehorned that in right. time wise, but um, it's on the Podcast One Network, and uh, people can get it on i uh, Apple iTunes, you know, um, on Apple Podcasts. So we're coming up with season two, starting after the first of the year, and uh, building up um, quite a roster as we speak of uh, prospective guests. So I'm looking forward to it. Oh, have you ever had any podcast hosts on your show? Have not. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good question. Are you coming out to L.A., Alan? Hey, listen. We'd love you to know. have you. Okay. <laughs> if there's a chocolate rug look there, I'm on my way. Right. <laughs> but we also uh, have had a couple of really, really great photographers. Oh, John yeah? McDonough, my great uh-huh. friend and Nat's friend from Sports Illustrated for uh-huh. a million years. Right. And uh, my good friend, uh, John Suhu, who's a longtime Dodgers photographer, but uh, was my assistant. He started off with me back in the early 80s. So it was, uh, you know, we're trying to incorporate photography as best we can in mm-hmm. the podcast as well as um, uh, anybody in sports who fits and the bill. Is it, it's not necessarily basketball centric? No, no, not at all. Yeah. No, it, it's, it, it, it was NBA heavy from the beginning mm-hmm. because we started, uh, we launched during NBA All-Star Weekend, which was kind of fun. Um, but I've had people like Amy Alcott, uh, Kirk Gibson, Oral Hershiser. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the Hall of Fame and uh, Triple Crown jockey Mike Smith was on Three days after he won the Triple Crown, oh, which great. was fantastic. So Peter Goober was was a great guest. Mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. actually so. photographed his boat many years ago. Peter Goober's? Yes, really. Yes, a boat called Oz. Well, he he's unbelievable. He's, he's been a great playing. mentor of mine. It's great. Tell us about this book. It's a beautiful book, by the way. That's uh, Mamba Mentality. 
Yeah, well, the book um, was really a labor of love. Um, you know, as Nat knows, um, you know, being able to photograph one athlete uh, over a 20-year period is, you know, we've been around a lot of these guys. I mean, he was with Patrick Ewing his whole career in New York. And, of course, I was with Magic. And then, um, you know, have Kobe as a as an 18-year-old rookie and then photograph his whole career and really be kind of, uh, I guess, embedded with the team for that period of time. You know, I built up a lot of trust, a lot of behind-the-scenes moments. And we got to the end of his career, and he retired, and I went to him with a proposal for a sort of a nice coffee table book. Right. And, um, you know, had had sort of a prototype, and I brought it to him, and he, he very patiently went through it and looked at it and nodded a couple of times and then closed it and said, this is really great, and we are going to do a book together, but it's not going to be that book. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay, what, you gotta, what are we going to do, Baba? And he said, no, he, he said, I've been thinking about, you know, some way to get people... Uh, into my head, you know, how I played because he was very enigmatic. I mean, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Kobe really never let anybody in. For the first time, he's sharing what what his process and his craft were um, during his career. He, and he's, he, he's really letting people in. How, how, how early yeah. did you get the seeds for this book? I mean, not the one that you actually did, but right. just thinking about a book. At what point did it start um, to hit it? Was, it was it, in his end run there, like the last three or four months that, you know, of his farewell tour. And I was thinking that, you know, they have this body of work over 20 years. It's a shame for it to just kind of sit there, you right. know, mm-hmm. right. um, there meaning like in the NBA archive and on Getty. Yeah. Um, so let's figure out a way to, to get it out there to the public because there's so much that we shoot that people don't see. Sure. I mean, right. you know, they're seeing the tip of the iceberg of what we shoot. And Kobe, Kobe did that farewell tour yeah. in all the cities. Mm-hmm. And you realized what, how iconic... He was just to mm-hmm. all of us who yeah, were, who were fans. Love. He's not yeah. just L.A. based. Right? Yeah, for and sure. Talk a little bit about the process. I mean, you, you mentioned Getty and the NBA archives. Did you did you work with a team of people that just kind of scoured the archives, or did you say, "Hey, I remember the shot. Go find that one"? Or how did that process work? Well, first of all, you got to remember that half of Kobe's career, ten years of his career, were, were before digital. Right. So it was mm-hmm. all shot on film, and our film is uh, is pretty well cataloged and and uh, archived at the NBA office in NBA Entertainment Office in New Jersey and Secaucus. So the NBA has done a pretty good job of scanning sort of the greatest hits and uh, the matchups. So a good part of what we were looking for was on Getty, but then we had to do a pretty deep dive. I mean, Kobe literally remembered moments of games that I didn't even remember I was even at the game, but he would remember. Oh, you remember the 2000 Western Conference Finals? You know, this literally happened. Game three, I think it was the second quarter where I faked Bruce Bowen to the baseline. <laughs> he took the bait and then I, I, I made that move and, and then I dunked. I'm like, uh, sure. Yeah, Kobe, sure. Right? <laughs> oh, that one. And then he said, you have that picture, right? And then, <laughs> sure, I'll find it. You know? So then I called one of our friends back at the office there at uh, NBA photos like uh, you guys still have that game three of the 2000 Western Conference Finals wow. and they they actually have it pretty well cataloged so mm-hmm. we were able to find what we needed it must be kind of cool that he was actually maybe more into the book than you initially were it sounded like like he had a whole concept it, it, yeah. he took it to a different level is what I'm getting oh for sure I mean he there was stuff that he talks about in the book that I, I had no idea was going on mm-hmm. like for example he talks about how he he studied the referee's handbook so that he would know where the referees would be positioned 
at certain points in the game where the ball was located, right? So that he could get away with like holding a guy that the refs sort of in their blind spot. So he, we would have to find photos that showed that, like mm-hmm. him holding, you know, Tracy McGrady or somebody, you know, you, and you can actually see it. You're like you can see the photo. I, I didn't know that. Well, it was I a good shot with him and, and Rodman, <laughs> right? Well, Rodman's kind of grabbing him. Yeah. And he's getting squeezed between Michael and Rodman. Uh, yeah. Shot, and, yeah. And, the, and the caption on that was, this was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I bet. I bet. Yeah. And, uh, well, you know, Kobe himself is starting to become a media figure too, and he's doing a lot of other things and, and kind of reaching out to these figures, as you mentioned earlier. But um, can you elaborate a little bit on the relationship with the NBA archive and entertainment? I mean, and, and your photos, are they... They're copyrighted MBA or mm-hmm. copyrighted you, and and when you go back to get them, do you have to pay the royalty fees mm-hmm. and stuff like that? And 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 what kind of team worked on this book? Well, the the MBA owns the the copyright mm-hmm. to everything that that we've shot. So, that's that goes for both you guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. and uh, that's the way it's been. I mean, for a couple of decades mm-hmm. now, right? Right. And um, across the board, that's pretty much the way it is for all the major sports. So Getty Images is the licensing partner. For the NBA. So any photo that anyone needs worldwide that Nat and I or any photographer who works in the NBA has shot, they, they first go to Getty and, and they look on Getty Images on the site. And if the photo is not there, then they call Getty or the NBA. But the NBA and Getty have this contractual relationship where Getty has the rights to license worldwide, right? So in doing the book, the publisher had to come to an agreement with Getty actually to license my photos for the book as a specific use, right? And, um, you know, Getty was very uh, amenable to making a good deal. They, you know, everybody wants to work together. They weren't, certainly weren't going to stand in the way of the book getting done. And it was important to, to the NBA and NBA photos for the book to be done because it's a nice showcase of what we do as a group. Um, you know, myself, but also, you know, what NBA photos can do. And so that, you know, everyone worked together and, and luckily, um, we have a good, a good small group of, of, uh, researchers and editors at NBA photos, you know, led by our boss, Joe Amati, who kind of Joe took this under his wing because he, he really wanted to be part of this project. So, um, some photos Joe actually remembered that I didn't remember, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) or, you know, if Joe was busy, he got one of the guys back there to kind of help. And uh, like I said, about 95% of what we were looking for, we found. And if we didn't find it, then it probably didn't exist or we were able to use something else that kind of told the story that he was trying to tell. From your film uh, yeah. uh, days, how much of that is digitized right now? Do you know what percentage roughly? I don't know. What would you think, Nat? You know, it's tough to say because yeah. it's been – it's always difficult to go backwards. Yeah. You know, and there's tons of stuff that still needs to be scanned. So it's almost done on a As need, per need basis. Correct. Okay. Right. Years ago, we did a project, NBA at 50. Right. Uh, and that was all done on film. But – Going back to look for a Bill Russell shot, you would then scan it. You need a project to initiate going backwards and probably mm-hmm. half of Kobe's – I think we – Yeah. I want to say 2003-ish yeah. because we were just talking about LeBron earlier. It was sort of 
I was a last holdout. I was still shooting film yeah, the first oh, year we or heard two about you. Of, yeah. of LeBron's uh, <laughs> career because the film was just so – I yeah. was definitely a holdout. It was just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah so you need, the, you need yeah. a project to go backwards, but the Kobe is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, But it is hard to, to put a, a number of, of a percentage is there, on is it. Is there an, an ongoing digitizing thing regardless? In other words, obviously it's, it's project-driven. Correct. But when there's nothing really needed, is there anybody in their downtime who's just saying, okay, let's get another few hundred of these images scanned? There, there is. The key yeah. word there is downtime. Yeah. Uh, there, yeah. You know, once the season starts, uh, we're busy. We're busy in the summer with WNBA. There's an Olympic mm-hmm. project going on in the summer. There's not a whole lot of the yeah. quote-unquote downtime. And yeah. can you talk um, about NBA photos a little bit? Like what the how big the organization is and the number of editors and, and photographers and, and even – how they manage the the workflow amongst the various games that go on? You know, it's a pretty it's a pretty involved uh, group. Sure. Um, it has changed from film to digital, but essentially, at every NBA game, there is a quote unquote team photographer uh, shooting for NBA that that evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what has changed in the last couple of years, which has made our job a little more time-consuming and mm. difficult, everything is considered live now with digital. Right. The cameras are all tethered. We hit, I hit a shutter in, at a Knicks game at MSG. Those images appear in Secaucus four seconds later. Wow. Uh, and that's and, like that around, around the country. Yeah. Whether you're in yeah. Minnesota, yeah. L.A., yeah. Chicago, that's the way. Every image. Correct. Mm-hmm. So wow. yeah. there's a there's a night crew mm-hmm. that deals with the incoming games, uh, and then that is primarily social media driven now. Yeah. You know, the teams have instant access to it. NBA has instant access to it cr- across their social media platform. Then the following morning, there's a there's a different shift that come in. They'll mm-hmm. do a what we refer to as a second edit. Mm-hmm. It might be a classic image, but m- maybe not necessarily pertinent to the game the night before, but it's definitely something that you want to archive. And, right. mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and so, as photographers, how do you, I mean, I guess the question is, you don't have a chance to edit your work at this point at all, right? I mean, it all goes to somebody before. You know what, it it, it does, but we have now with, with technology, uh-huh. um, actually when I, Hit, hit the button, that image goes to NBA, it goes to the team, mm-hmm. it also goes to my home mm-hmm. server at the same time. Right. Um, so I do, there were instances of mine personally when the film was one of one, right. a great shot got lost in the, in the back in the day. Yeah. You know, now with digital, you do, yeah. it, it is much easier to, to archive and, and catalog properly. Right. And now when you go, do you, how often do you hit your own personal server and do your own editing? Do you just look at it or you just know that it's there and it's fine? You Don't know what, I it. actually, I, I am pretty on top of it because, you know, we work hard mm-hmm. and, I, and I want... The best you know, stuff to show, right? Correct. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll go back and I'll... We don't usually, for NBA, because you don't s- slow things down dealing with the raw images, I'll archive, you know, a select number of raw images... Uh, per game, mm-hmm. um, and again, it's just it's just for historical purposes. We were all sort of old school and brought up that way. Keyword that, is old. <laughs> no you, know, you want you want search you old. Know, you'll find us. <laughs> you want a Kobe Bryant like classic shot. 20, 30 years from now. Yeah. You know? And the, the way it used to be, just so you guys know, is before NBA Photos was created, even the beginning of NBA 
photos um, in the mid eighties was that the team, every team had their own team photographer, but that team and that market would only see what that photographer shot. So if you're in, you know, if you're the Warriors team photographer, you'd only see the Warriors in their arena in their home uniform. So when NBA Photos was created, one of the, the great selling points to the teams was that, you know what, you can see your team in every arena and, you know, playing away games and, and not just in your home whites, but also in your away uniforms. And, and then we started traveling with teams. So there was a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And it was very attractive to the team. So basically, and, and the way it works now is that, and there's very, very few vacancies. You, you think about it, there's 30 teams. Nat and I do two teams each. So there's only 26 jobs really right. out there. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the photographers who have these jobs have been there at least, I, I think probably 10 or 12 of us have been there at least 20 years or more. Um, but the uh, we report directly to NBA photos, but we're pretty much leased out to the local team. So that that, uh, that team knows that we're there for them and, and whatever their but, needs but are. But the, the other team, let's say the Cleveland team mm -hmm. photographer, he is hired by the Cavs, and, but his contract obliges him to give images to NBA after every game? or um, He's hired like that? by the NBA he is hired, okay. with the Cavs' blessing. Gotcha. So um, if there's an opening, which, like I said, is very infrequent, but there have been over the last few years, the NBA photos will find a photographer in that market or somebody will move mm -hmm. to that market, but the team has to approve that. They have and to be it, comfortable with let's that Let's say person. you're a longtime Cleveland Plain dealer, mm -hmm. sports, you cover the Cavs for 20 years. Um, would that would that job then be a, a plum gig to try to get over to work for the NBA and I, theoretically? I, I, I mean, would think so. As opposed yeah. to uh, yeah, I mean, the local news guy? Yeah. It, it's, you know, being a staff photographer or a league photographer or team photographer still has some prestige to it, mm -hmm. you know, even in this day and age. Right. <laughs> well, especially in this day because everybody's yeah. freelance. Yeah. Uh, staff mm -hmm. positions in general are yeah. very difficult yes, to get. Yes, for sure. And that's yeah. where I think with, with NBA in particular – the social media aspect comes comes into Huge. play. Mm -hmm. Andy and I, and I and I tell this story often. Andy and I were more, again, we'll use the word old school. Mm -hmm. uh, we grew <laughs> up. We both assisted for Sports Illustrated was the was the primo of the primo jobs. Right. Like yeah. there's no doubt about that. So we assisted. Then fortunately, we started shooting for Sports Illustrated. Um, if you were to get a cover of Sports Illustrated, it was a pretty big deal. Uh, and I remember at the time it was three million people are subscribed to Sports Illustrated. Um, <laughs> now with with N NBA, uh, and they and they really had some some foresight into prom promoting their product via social media. They have thirty million followers on Instagram, yeah. and I want to say twenty eight on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. So we're talking about we we hit the shutter of a crazy play at the Garden or at Barclays Center. It goes to Secaucus. They have a social media team that works evenings too. That image from us pressing the button could be posted to literally 58 million people hmm. in under five minutes. Yeah. So it's, it, it's it, pretty remarkable. It's as, as close to live coverage yeah. as we can probably get as a still photographer. And do they yeah. have different editors, the social media editors, I assume, are working separately than, yes. let's say, the, mm -hmm. what other editors they have, yeah, the yes. news editors or the archive editors? Correct. Yeah. Right. 
Right. Do you guys know, or have you kind of come to realize, okay, this is a social, I just took a social media shot yeah. compared to a uh, you know what, at, uh, at front times, page of the website? Sure, at, at, at times. Yeah, there's a um, big um, initiative, there's been one for a while, of, of what the guys are wearing when they come in. Mm. So now, you know, when we used to shoot... Once in a while, the guy's arriving. Now it's like every game. Even like the bench guys. You're talking so, about before they get yeah, to the locker room. the, the arrivals fashion. coming off the bus right. are coming, you know, for a, in a home game, like <laughs> once they park their car. Because people want to see what, what these guys are wearing. Not the, just the Westbrook effect, not just, right? Yeah, it's yeah, the Westbrook absolutely. effect, but yeah. not just Russell. Yeah. And then I was talking before we got on is, you know, these guys are savvy. They know. They know, you know. If, um, it's if, part of their branding. Right. And, and, and the NBA yeah. now is partnering and you probably get this too. They're partnering with apparel lines, not just Nike or whoever, um, but fashion lines. So we'll get a note, hey, so-and-so is coming in wearing this brand, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, we've been asked to get some photos and post that, wow. <laughs> which so is wow. a whole your, new your world. Your days start a lot sooner than they used to is what it sounds like. You're, you're a lot busier up and running well before you know the game. It, it, it is, and I'm sure Andy yeah. can attest to this for mm -hmm. our, our family yeah. life. Um, <laughs> I typically, I'm at, at the arena at 2 o'clock for a 7.30 game. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, we're testing, and between, you know, it, it's a good example, Staples Center, MSG Bar, they have they have a, have a hockey game, a concert, a tennis, something yeah. the night before, mm -hmm. and you have to redo everything. everything right? Nothing can stay, stay in, and, and it's running Ethernet cables to every camera now, and it it requires a lot of, of time. Yeah. So there's nothing that stays there. You basically have to strip everything down and rebuild correct. for every yeah. game. I mean, I, I'm fortunate because both, both my teams play in the same arena, mm -hmm. thank God. I mean, Ned has to then pull everything out. You know, if he has a game in the garden tonight, which he does, pull it out, then schlep it over to Barclays for another game, wow. you know. Luckily, I have uh, an equipment cage there at Staples. You know, back in the in the old days where I had the Lakers at the Forum and the, the Clippers at the Sports Arena, it was a, I you know had to pack everything in cases, schlep it out, bring it back to the, you know bring it to the next arena, right. and now we do that when we travel. And now you do the Kings and mm -hmm. also the. LAFC. LAFC, yeah. And do you have a separate setup there? Or um, yeah, because it's a whole different, different situation area, yeah. for hockey and yeah. then soccer. Soccer, you know, is basically, you know, it's, it's you and a long lens and a short lens. Okay. So. And then I have um, a, a digital tech who downloads stuff. And, and the LAFC, LAFC has... Um, has staff people uh, who are photographers and social media people, and right. but uh, they brought a, brought my group in because we have so much experience being a team photographer. We know like the nuts and bolts of doing that. And you're but shooting how, JPEGs mm -hmm. and RAW yes. for these. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because the RAWs are using. I don't even know why we're shooting RAW anymore. I was actually. questioning <laughs> that because of the fact that you're working <laughs> in similar environments. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know pretty much what your exposure is, what your light. Yeah. It's not yeah, like yeah. you're guessing that I think this. But, and you right. don't need right. that four stops of slop to right. No, but I think they want to just have that giant raw file so that they can manipulate it, do whatever they want with it after the fact. Because 100 megs yeah. isn't big enough, It's actually. not big enough. Well, have you no. seen that, those thing, those, that thing they put a LeBron on the building yeah. outside yeah. of Cleveland? Yeah. You know? Right, <laughs> so, yeah. right. Yeah. How big yeah. is your team, Matt? I mean, or do you, I know you have a, a full staff, mm -hmm. I mean, including you know your what? son, it's, right? Yeah. But, yeah. I have a, uh, an assistant mm -hmm. that helps with the cameras and the gear and then I have a digital uh, person with me at every game okay. uh, just to, to have the workflow, making sure. And again, you're only one lost connection or King Dwyer right. from oh, yeah. everything going south. Right, right, so right. it is like in addition to the 
pressure of getting the shot, it's then the back end of that, that shot then being, right. you know, delivered uh, to the appropriate people right. in a in a timely fashion because right. the, the good of social media is great, but people want things instantaneously now. No one wants to wants to wait for well, it. You know, so, going mm-hmm. back to what you were talking about earlier, it seems like the NBA has done the best of the of the, the major sports leagues in terms of image savvy and getting out these images and being social media present. Uh, I, I would agree, and I think mm-hmm. Andy can also attest to it. The players are pretty savvy. True. Yeah. And it, basketball does lend itself to beautiful photography. Like, obviously, I'm a fan, but football, they have the helmet on, there's pads. You don't have the intimacy that you do in basketball. Basketball, we're, we're close to the court. We have the, the mm-hmm. great... Uh, equipment and technology to mm-hmm. capture those images, whether it's the the shot of Kobe on, on the on the book where he's, you know, you show little beads of sweat. Right. You could never get that. You're down in there. Football. You're, how far are you from him on the right. bench, like, right? I mean. mm-hmm. Baseball, they play a lot of games at night where right. the lighting is not mm-hmm. as good or they're wearing a helmet. Right. You mm-hmm. can't get... Basketball does mm-hmm. lend itself to uh, a lot of... Uh, aspects that the other sports don't. Right, right. Mm-hmm. How uh, many, sorry, from, you have a camera in your hand, but you're also shooting tethered to other cameras. How many cameras are you at? When you hit that shutter button, how many cameras are going off? Typically what I do is when I'm sitting in front of me, I have two cameras, so I'm picking okay. up one or the other. And then when the ball goes down, the other end of the court is where I set up primarily more of the, of the remotes. And it does vary from game to game slightly, but there's anywhere from four to six other cameras that we're using between six, eight, ten cameras. Mm-hmm. And you're, But your shutter button on your camera is the one that's triggering the other, like you said, when, when they go to the far end of the Correct. court, you're still taking a picture with your camera in your it hands. It can be set up that way, or we use a little auxiliary button, like well, the, sec- the second they turn around, you hit that button and want to get their face instead of their back. Ah, uh, okay. Um, and it still is tricky, like a lot of people don't understand using the strobes. Uh, which lends itself to the better quality, obviously, but you can't uh, you can't shoot on a motor. Yes. So we're talking about mm-hmm. we're talking about shooting one frame every four seconds. Mm-hmm. On a dunk, you don't get the newspaper guy sitting next to me getting twelve frames. Right. I'm getting one frame. Yeah. So there is a, a lot. And that's of because of the, the speed of the strobe. Strobe correct. Have to regeneration. Correct. Yeah. 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 And yeah. what are your parameters for lighting on strobe? Because I, I would imagine that if you are playing out on that that court, mm-hmm. you got a lot running on you there. In the meantime, you got lights going off in your eyes. That's got to be distracting to the players. Are there any no fly zones for shooting? I mean, what do well, you do the, as far the as the that? strobes are so far up that. Um, I've never had a player, an NBA player. I only had one time I ever had a complaint about strobes was from a hockey goalie, mm. because it would kick off the ice, you know. And but the the you know with Staples Center is a two hundred and twenty five foot ceiling, so okay. you know it's coming from such a far distance that it, I think fa- the the players perceive that it's like fans taking snapshot photos, okay. honestly, because um, and TV doesn't like it because it kind of whites out there. They're still frames that they when they do their super slow mo, but um, so you're going, I don't, I don't you're think using, you've ever had a complaint. using parabolic reflectors, just yeah. narrow, so it's all very narrow right. angle. Unless you're really looking for it, you don't. The flash duration is ridiculously short; it's five hundredth or six fortieth of a second. The duration, yeah, and you don't really notice it. And we do work in conjunction with the TV and stuff. So obviously, most sports are network. Driven, mm-hmm. uh, and so you're not really shooting at top complaints. sync speeds. You're going beyond. You're going to FP mode and all that stuff. Now you're going beyond the. 
typical you, synchronizations or well, no? I'm, I'm always I'm always looking for a better mousetrap. We yeah. work with the the LPA group right. with these things that Andy and I were both instrumental in developing the Flash Wizards. And as great as some of these cameras are, the sync speed of 250. That doesn't you fly. Want, you yeah. want more. So we always are trying to, to push the, the envelope a little bit. And yeah. To, Back know. in the day, we, we were shooting with Hasselblad. So we had that 500th of a mm -hmm. second sync, mm -hmm. which was incredible. It's, notice, it's noticeably yeah. different. That's yeah. the good yeah. news. Yeah. The bad news, Correct. it was a Hasselblad. Yeah. Yeah. No, we loved it. <laughs> loved it. I tell you I something, my friend over here was the king. I mean, literally... His Hasselblad work was second to none. Well, right? you had to know what you were doing. Yeah. That was it, because you had one chance to push that button. There was no motor wind. You know mm. what? It was It was more, I would like to say, it was more cerebral. You weren't, like, again, the newspaper used these these expressions, spray and pray. Like, you're, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you're going to get something. <laughs> the cameras are beautiful. The lenses are beautiful. But but it was more, it was a little more cerebral. And creative. Like, yeah. It's like shooting a four by five yeah. By the time you load the film and do this, and it takes a little bit of, of mental uh, prep to, to do that. Well, mm. I, we have the subject here. Can you think of any of uh, any Hasselblad shots, uh, legendary Ewing, or is this pre-Ewing? Or I mean, you I, know I'm just trying I, to throw I, Like ideas. I said earlier, I was a holdout. I, I held on to that as long, <laughs> yeah. okay. as long as I could, and they were beautiful. And believe it or not, the square of a, of the Hasselblad mm -hmm. lent itself to basketball too. You would think it's more vertical, but it really the square was yeah. just absolutely beautiful. The, yeah. the beads of I would shoot under the basket with oftentimes eighty, but most times a one twenty lens, mm -hmm. and you're following the ball, focusing, and you just you just hit that hear the shutter click and you just felt good yeah. it was it was a, it was an exciting time to be honest yeah and I, the depth that you would get in that you know in that film was just insane yeah yeah and actually it's one of the questions i had does does you know getting a great remote shot feel as good as getting a great shot out of a handheld camera you know what it it doesn't to me to be <laughs> honest <laughs> simply because like you'd literally you never know uh, Kevin Durant was in the garden the other night. He would—he had a crazy dunk on the opposite end. I got the picture, but I didn't love it because there he was like outstretched, seven footer. But there was a Nick Random guy's head over his shoulder that just didn't. <laughs> Such a perfection. No, we're all we're all very fussy. <laughs> yeah. But but the satisfaction of of doing something hand I, is still. Yeah, I like that. But what the beauty of, of a remote shot is that you know so much preparation went into it, and you know to see all of that come to fruition in that one frame means that uh, you did your job. And have you guys ever tried like an, like automatic releases where there's some some sort of movement that happens, like maybe from you know through the backboard shots where where a hand comes into frame and the camera releases? Is there anything like mm -hmm. that going? Not on? exactly, yeah. but like I said, we always yeah. are trying to push the envelope. What we both have noticed of late is the NBA has changed. There's a guy coming in and have a wide open layup or a dunk and he'll kick it to the corner for a three point shot. <laughs> yeah. Like the game, <laughs> the game itself has, right. has changed. Yeah, that's true. That's very lot, true. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, and you don't have, you know, going way back to a Russell Chamberlain or a Ewing, Akeem Shaq. You yeah. don't have these centers in the key doing battle anymore. It's a much more perimeter yeah. game. Yeah. True. Cool. Okay, we're going to take a short break and be back with Nat and Andrew. Stay tuned. 
We hope you're enjoying this edition of the B&H Photography Podcast. Send us a tweet at BH Photo Video, hashtag BH Photo Podcast. Okay, we are back. John, you had a question you want to ask. Well, I just kind of wanted to follow up before, Nat, you were talking about the cameras that you ha- carry with you uh, or the ones that you shoot handheld. Right. Uh, what are the lenses you use? And you know, what I, are the bodies? Uh, I use the Canon, the Mark II DX hand, handheld, mm-hmm. and I have a 28 to 300 primarily. Okay. Uh, and then a little short lens um, that I'll go like 1635. Right. Occasionally, I'll throw on the the two to 400 on there to get like tight bench mm-hmm. shots, so, nice portrait. So if you're underneath the, underneath the basket in order to get, let's say all of that action that's going on for a rebound, what, what's, what, what's that angle more or less? You know, I, I mix it up and that's why the, now the, the zooms are, are so much sharper than they, than they used to be. Uh, sometimes I'll go for a rebound just tight on hands and the ball. Uh, and it'll be a 135, 150 ish. Uh, or you can go real wide and get, you know, the guys on the ground looking up. It's right, a, right. you know, a 35 or something. About a 35. Yeah. Okay. And with all the trips back and forth down the court, do you do you think to yourself, okay, well, on this trip down, I'm going to try to do this? Or is it all determined on, on the play as it's coming to you? You know, that's a great question. It's a mix. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always the context of the the time period, who's in the game. Uh, or who's on the bench. If there was just a crazy play, you pan to the bench and get the guys hooting and hollering on the bench as someone is inbounding the ball. Uh, and again, one of the things about the those zoom lenses are you can mix it up. You go head to toe. A lot of, like Andy mentioned earlier, it's a big deal about what the sneakers yeah. the, the guys are wearing. You yeah. can, you know, you can uh, zoom in tight and get there. Mm-hmm. The sole, the underside of the sneaker has yeah. a design does, on does it. This, how do you, you guys know? feel? I mean, uh, maybe this is on the record and I know <laughs> this is part of your job, but do, do you, does that bother you to kind of have to shoot all this stuff or it, are you so used to shooting hoops? It doesn't bother me because it's part of what we do, but I've been burned a couple of times, you know, mm-hmm. I've been, cause you got to get the, you got to get them when they're stopped. For example, the guy might be waiting in the, in the corner, bringing the ball up. And I get a quick shot of the shoes, but then I'm missing alley-oop, you know? Yeah, and right. it, it, I'm like, damn, yeah, let me shoot those damn shoes again. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> you know? And I'm just kind of curious, well, I, I mean, with your team, do you have another, one of your assistant also shooting, or that just is your job? Well, right now with the Laker, at Laker games, we have a second photographer, but but the, um, the, the spots on the floor have been decreased significantly, so... We've gone from, you know, back in the old days, you had four quadrants and you'd had maybe 10 to 12 photographers like jammed in each quadrant. Now there's three of us, I think, on, on each, two of us on each quadrant. And that's because so, NBA has kind of yeah, taken Yeah, well, there was some the issues energy. with um, players getting hurt and yeah. uh, they wanted to clean it up a little bit. And, okay. And, and who got removed? <clears throat> local newspapers or the, pretty much. the ad hoc yeah, uh, yeah. freelancer? But yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, must have uh, some kickback about that from the newspapers, I would imagine. Yeah, for sure. You have three ent- three or four entities uh, sharing the spot. 
you know, one newspaper gets the first quarter, then the next quarter the wire service gets it, then maybe some specialized magazine that's in town, like International or wherever, gets it. So uh, they're not happy about it. And I, no, I, it's a, I, is I can it costing it. these newspapers more to publish these, or is it really the, uh, the same cost for them? No, it's the same cost. It's just the access has been curtailed okay. dramatically. And yes. I think there's also, in conjunction, there's been an increase in the number of TV cameras. Yeah. Because yeah. basketball is a is a beautiful game to watch on on television, like we were talking about earlier. And similar, we're trying to push the envelope. So were they with more cameras? They use VR cameras. They use super, you know, a dunk on super slow mo looks great. That's a specialized camera. Yeah. Um, and most sports now, economically, are it is being driven by, you know. TV broadcast right. rights. And then in any given game, you'll have three different TV feeds. You'll have the local team <clears throat> feed, you'll have the visiting team feed, and then you'll have a network feed. So we call it a triple feed. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. What about, for example, uh, the setup shots? You had a shot of Trey Young on your Instagram feed recently. It was like set up in his locker room, something that almost you might want to call like gotcha. a basketball yeah. card. It looked right. like his debut you know what, moment. It's, it's, it's funny yeah. you said that yeah. because that was that was on an assignment uh, for Panini oh, um, okay. that right. we, we do every year, a, a rookie, we call it a rookie shoot, uh, and it is an unveiling of the... The new, uh, the new, the new rookie, right. um, and it is funny because we like recreated a, a locker room oh, scene. Really? <laughs> uh, and what's funny for me over the years has has uh, been how young these uh, yeah. these guys are. It's really, yeah. it's really remarkable. Huh. Uh, these they're they're literally they're kids. They're <laughs> nineteen and twenty years old. Mm -hmm. Uh, is is kind of remarkable. And we have kids older than that. So, yeah. <laughs> I think some of my cameras are older. Yeah. That's a different story. It's true. But is this a big big part of the job too, or is it something totally separate through Panini? Or you know what? That's a that's a one, you... that's a big shoot once a year once in a year. the in the like August leading up to the mm -hmm. to the uh, the year. But I love that kind of stuff. You sort of get to know the guys, and you can do a little something uh, out of the box more creatively. Uh, it's not just, I do enjoy doing, you know, the other portrait work, environmental portraits or something. It's not just about the game. What's more uh, enjoyable to do, the, the game or the uh, off-the-court stuff where you're playing around a little more looser and things of that sort? What do you, you know, I, I really, I really love both. Okay. We don't have a lot of opportunities to do much off the court stuff as much as we used to like That's what I was wondering an assignment if it'd be more from fun. from a, a magazine they don't really do a lot of that type mm. of stuff or now to be honest a lot of the players uh, do that themselves and then they'll provide stuff to a players tribune or that seems to be the way that some of the media stuff is going you know but mm -hmm. i definitely in, i do enjoy that you let, know? let me ask you about the uh in game the locker room celebration photos how's, mm -hmm. how's right. that go for you guys yeah. <laughs> well um well, it's as close to combat photography as we can get as <laughs> sports photographers <laughs> now that's changed a lot because it used to be you know maybe one at the end of the finals and now Correct. there's one for yeah. when they clinch or you know at every series and the whole thing with the glasses yeah and that's crazy yeah. in in baseball they do it they could potentially do it four times yeah right yeah. Um, the NBA, they only do it at the end. They only do it at the, end yeah. the finals. Okay. Yeah. All Thank right. God. Yeah. But it is, it is, it is fun. And I have to be honest. You do all the prep you can. 
you need a little bit of luck. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I've tried many different things. The camera covered, it gets foggy and yeah. everything's not good. The flash covered, like you need a little bit of luck. Mm -hmm. But I have been on the receiving end of a couple of... Uh, Big bottles of champagne oh, yeah, that have but, uh, yeah. shorted out my camera and flash. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're you're primarily the Garden and now Barclay Center, right? So is it fair to say that you you know the Knicks players and Nets players better than other teams? Or yeah. Just 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 from being around, like yeah. I'm I'm based. I live in New Jersey, so that's those are home for me. So when the Knicks eventually get good again, you'll be there. <laughs> God you'll be, you'll be I'm their guy. Knocking wood yeah. for my buddy you know Nets right now. It's funny. It's tough because. Uh, I would always I would be a terrible GM yeah. because <laughs> I I like there's certain guy you just gravitate they're good guys right. mm, you know and yeah. tonight it's funny uh, tonight after here I'm going over to the garden they're playing the Nets mm -hmm. so I have like mixed emotions <laughs> yeah. I have some friends on the Knicks some some friends on the Nets and and both players and in the office and coaching staff yeah um, so it is kind of funny yeah I get that too with Lakers and Clippers and they play sure. in the same building right. so it's mm -hmm. kind of bizarre to see you know they just switch bench Benches, yeah, and then you know the court is whoever the home team is, and uh, they cover the Laker banners if it's a Clipper game, you know. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. and the lighting's different, but really? it's the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah. Lakers use this Lakers. sort of directional light that that they. I think the Knicks and the Lakers are the only ones who use right. that sort of three theatrical lighting. Interesting. And uh, whose idea was that? Uh, LeBron's. Yeah, <laughs> it's prob it probably started, started at the garden, the garden and yeah. then the Lakers adopted just it just to get a different look. Yeah, the Lakers adopted it at the Forum, and um, they played the first couple of years at Staples with just the regular umbrella lighting, you know, that the Kings use and the Clippers use, and then they wanted to bring back that feeling of sort of a Broadway show kind of feeling, mm -hmm. and uh, they they brought in these massive trusses of lights, and they actually. Use those instead of the arena lights. Wow. Well, well, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Real, real quickly, uh, a couple of questions. First of all, what are any changes for this season now that you you know the Showtime has returned and LeBron is in Los Angeles? Is there, I got to wake up earlier. The changes are he's working a hell of a lot harder. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Did you have to hire more people? Is it that uh, to that degree or? I did. I, I did bring on another intern type person, mm -hmm. so we would have a backup person mm -hmm. to learn how to do all the setup, uh, the pregame setup of all the cameras that we do, and um, and the digital tech stuff. Because now I'm going on the road a little bit mm -hmm. more than I thought I would be this season. So, uh, you know, I could be going on the road doing some Laker games, and then the Clippers are home, and my staff photographer Adam Pantosi, mm -hmm. a good friend of yours, he does the Clipper game. But yet, you know, I need to have a staff person there who can work with him. Right. So we're developing um, a couple of people, which is great. And Adam has moved up the food chain, so now he's Good. shooting. He's shooting. He's totally shooting. Like all Games. he does, he doesn't do digital tech work anymore. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we had to train a guy we brought in last year, Kyle Tizio from New Jersey. Mm -hmm. um, so it's been some transition. Yeah, it's been uh, this year's is. Uh, it's been ramped up quite a bit. I think I had the pre the busiest preseason I've had in a long time. I bet. Yeah, I bet. which is I bet. fine. I mean, that's what we're here for. All right. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, I just want to go back to a technical thing. You're both using DSLRs, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. What about mirrorless now? Are we getting to a point where you're looking at them, playing around with them a little bit? Or I haven't. I, I tested some uh, last year. The Sony is a big. They were trying to make a push into sports, and it's it's. Again, we have very specific needs, and the the tethering was a little bit more 
complex with them with holding the caption and stuff they're working out with different versions now mm -hmm. and some of the durability. Uh, I know a couple of uh, tennis shooters that and golf that shoot Sony uh, football. Um, golf, mm -hmm. it's interesting with because you could never shoot uh, a backswing. During the swing, yeah. And the Sony with the silent shutter that is some oh, other, yes. other things have been advertised as such mm. being silent, but they're not really silent. Mm. But it goes from not shooting a golf backswing mm. to being able to get 12 frames of Tiger teeing I off is, is awesome. Right. Yeah. Similarly to tennis, yep. yeah. tennis they still do allow uh, the shutters, but it is kind of noisy. At yeah. some point it wouldn't mm -hmm. surprise me if almost it, it, there was some backlash, you throw the ball up for a serve and all you hear is... We actually you know, talked about that um, a little bit on, yeah. uh, on our tennis yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, the, but the, the Sony, uh, I have played with, Canon has a new one. Well, that Canon I haven't, and, haven't and Nikon, Nikon both yeah. now right. have full frame and right. you're, that's, you're, you're shooting Nikon, yeah. you're shooting right. Canon. Yeah. So now, and also you could use all of your lenses. They're mm -hmm. all legacy because right. you have adapters. Right. So that's why I was curious to know right. if you've been maybe I, tempted to uh, play with them. I haven't. I'm curious about my friend Mark Terrell, great photographer from AP in, in Los Angeles does he tests all the new Nikon mm -hmm. stuff and he actually uh, did a I think even a World Series game with the mirrorless camera oh, great. Right. so I'm anxious to talk to him about it hmm. just keep that in mind for uh yeah. If anybody info, wants yeah. to send us one to test yes, out, yes. we'll be happy. Stop by the store anyway. Right. <laughs> tell them Al sent you. I, let, I have to can, stay away. Can I have Hold your on. credit card? One, uh, <laughs> just tell them Al sent you. It's one of the most difficult things with me working at Madison Square Garden is I have to limit my trips to B&H because I go in for a $30 cable and I walk out spending six or $800 and I don't know what. I can only go there a couple times Alan. a month. Yeah. Right. They actually yeah. say, here he comes. So, well... Let's maybe wrap it up with a couple of questions I, I wanted to ask. You've done, I don't know how many NBA finals and between the two of you, it's just ridiculous. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to press you on this or you can, you can answer either question. Can you give me your all time favorite finals and then maybe give me an all time favorite garden moment? You know what? Again, good question. I have fun. It's, it's like you have favorite pictures for a while, but then you want to get a better one. Sure. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, and one of my first finals, like I just was very lucky. Um, it was 87, believe it or not, was Lakers at Boston Garden. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting in a garden, corner. Yeah. I was in a terrible spot. I had the ref's butt in my way most of the game. <laughs> Magic came down and he did a, a game-winning hook shot. The junior, and junior the, sky hook. The junior, junior. And yeah. it, it's sort of crazy. It's Magic Johnson mm -hmm. with the hook shot. And in the frame is Larry Bird looking up, Robert Parrish looking up, Kevin McHale looking up. Mm. Uh, and in those days, I was shooting black and white. Andy was on strobes in color. Um, and I didn't know if I got the shot. We raced back to the <laughs> hotel. I'm developing film in the, in the <laughs> hotel, you know. Yeah. Um, and it just that... And partly because of the back end of it, <laughs> mm -hmm. going knowing what went into it with developing, you know, at one in the morning, developing the film right. to find out if you got the shot or not, you, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's just, you know, from that to LeBron, there's some Kobe moment. Like yeah. one yeah. of my favorite shots is a shot that Andy took. I, again, it was Boston Garden. I don't know what year it was, but it was Pat Riley pregame. 
in a table in the locker room and, and with the sho- he was in the shower. Pat mm. Riley's in the shower, sitting at a table. <laughs> Boston, the yeah. old Boston Garden was an old, decrepit place. Right. But he was sitting there going over uh, his his pregame notes. Mm-hmm. And A, it's a great photo, but it's also a testament to like how Andy has worked all these years with just you go in, you take one frame, get like the moment speaks to the photo. Yeah. Pat Riley was known for like being so intense, but he's literally sitting at the table. It's a wide shot, and you see the shower heads and everything. He's in the shower preparing for the, for the mm-hmm. game of the fight. It's and awesome. I, I, think you know? I think there's a pack of cigarettes on the table because he would talk about it in those days. He would smoke. In the right. shower, and they would. They Isn't would there put, any other place you'd want to smoke? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that they would kind of smoke out the locker room. Right. It's kind of funny. Yeah, um, I should have asked this earlier, but are you always on top of the score of the game and and what's going on in the action and you know yes, the game? Yeah. To be to be honest, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you sort you you, you yeah. ha- it's our job. Like yeah. you have to be. I see these other guys on their phone about like you have to be because it's every basketball is very situational. We were talking about. At different times, different things will happen. You don't always get it, but you have to at least put yourself in a position to get it. And you do have to the score, the timeouts. And, and, and you have to also be into the flow of the game. You know, a guy like Steph Curry, you know, if he's hitting seven out of eight threes, you, you know, you, the PA announcer isn't going to tell you that. I have to be aware of that, that that's happening. The guy, he could actually set a record that night. Who knows? And then, of course, if there's a milestone, you know, LeBron just passed Dirk Nowitzki for sixth on the all-time. You know, we, we're usually usually tipped off to that by the office. Hey, keep in mind, you know, this is going to happen tonight or could happen tonight. And, you know, you got to really do your best to get that photo, you know, of, of, you know, that rebound or that triple-double or whatever it is. You have to have that awareness. Of yeah. And if you yeah. could choose between uh, a great basketball moment that you captured in, let's say, a so-so photo and a great photo of a boring moment, what would you choose? <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, that's it's, a great it's question. A, it's a great, you know, I like the context yeah. of, of things because it it puts it into the context of a, a game-winning shot or the emotion. You were talking earlier, the, the locker room stuff. I remember like one of my favorite pictures is Tim Duncan, Mr. Stoic, going crazy in the locker room, yeah. spraying champagne, or uh, Jordan after winning a three-peat, just but being very sullen in the locker room. That, that had kind the of, that incredible kind of stuff. shot of Patrick Ewing. after. I guess they went to the finals. That was a winner or something? Oh, in 94. And and that, that you know had the, the presence right. of yeah. mind. And usually a shot from the guy's back is yeah. not great. Right. But he just knew. And with that iconic garden ceiling, and yeah. it's one of my favorite pictures I, any of my friends have ever shot. I was going to mention that. Was that... Do you know what you shot that with? Was that a Hasselblad? Or no? um, you know what? I would, was shooting the game in Hasselblad. Uh-huh. Then to go run post-game, I was shooting Nikon in, in those days. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was a Nikon, I want to say, an 18. Um, and again, a little bit of luck never hurts, but to get him, he actually jumped up on the scores table. And I wanted to show it in context with the garden ceiling that is such a unique, iconic building. Now, he's 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 being very modest because Walter Yost says that in our business, luck is through preparation. So, like, if Nat had to then fumble around, you know, and, oh, where's my lens? I have it on the right camera. Do I have the setting? You know, would the moment be over, you know, five minutes already? But we have to be one step ahead. So we have to have in front of us or next to us, behind us, you know, that camera with that lens, that flash, so we can jump up and get what we need to get. All righty. 
So goes another show. Andrew, uh, if people want to see your work, uh, where should they be going? Well, Instagram is usually the place, the easiest place, at uh, ADB Photo Inc. Okay. And then also uh, for Legends of Sport, we're posting a lot of um, sort of my iconic photos from the past, but also very relevant to what we're talking about on the podcast. On the podcast. So it's at Legends of Sport. Okay. And then uh, the book, The Mama Mentality, um, you can buy that on Amazon or wherever and you buy your books. Now. It's out now. Okay, it's beautiful, yeah. beautiful yeah. book. I okay. think it's actually going into the second printing because the first printing went crazy. Wow. That's <laughs> a good thing. Yeah, that's, that's a good wonderful. thing. How are you finding time to shoot? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Ask my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, what about yourself? Uh, you know what? I I, uh, I enjoy putting uh, up some of the photos on Instagram as well. Uh, it's at Natalie Photo, N-A-T-L-Y Photo. Uh, I am in the very, very beginning stages of working on a, a Greatest Hits album uh, <laughs> album book. Wonderful. So maybe uh, maybe this time next year we'll, we'll come back. Something to live for. That's right. There we That's go. Right. I knew there was something here. Okay. Uh, if you're not a subscriber to the B&H Photography Podcast, take a minute. Head on over to Apple Podcasts, Overcast, YouTube, Stitcher, etc., and sign up. It's absolutely free. You should also check out the B&H Photography Podcast landing page on the B&H website. For now, on behalf of Andrew, Nat, Jason, John, and myself, thank you so much for tuning in today.